and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Scott Capron. Scotty, how are you, sir? Nice to see you. I great to see you, man. Nice to be back. Nice to be back. A month away from football season. Let's let's get into it. Yeah, it's been a minute or two. So we have yeah. we've got lots of stuff to catch up on. Um, Bucks training camp is in full swing. The boys got the pads on this week. Uh, Bucks game day. We got we got eyes and feet on the ground there. So we're getting lots of good intel from those guys, along with all of the other uh, media outlets that are covering Bucks training camp. And it's already been an eventful one. I mean, we haven't talked about. Ryan Jensen, you know, suffering a knee injury before the pads were even on. Uh, and I mean, all indications are he's likely going to be done for a significant amount of time, if not the entire season. So huge hit, huge hit to the Bucks. I mean, let's not downplay the importance of Ryan Jensen. One of their leaders just just inked a new deal um, and a veteran player. He, he's, he's, he hasn't missed a start in five consecutive years. So durability is, has been one of his strong attributes. Yeah, and, a to- uh, a- a tone setter for the offense, for the team, for the whole offense, for the whole team. It's just, it's just a killer loss. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it really is. He's a leader. He's absolutely yeah. a leader along that sure. offense. You know, he calls shit out and uh, Tom Brady depends on him in a lot. I mean, he's worn a towel under his ass for two seasons now and he's willing <laughs> to do, willing to do whatever it takes. That's I mean, when Br- you know. Yeah. That's when you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, there's no way around it. I mean, it's brutal. And um, you know, if you're if you're evaluating him from a more objective lens than what I might do, because you know we're we're already talking about Jensen just being that mean dude. He has that mentality. He sets the tone, like you said. But he's also a damn good yeah. blocking center, and and yeah. he's incredibly technical, ferocious, of course. But I mean, Brandon Thorne, we always reference him as the goat, the the trench, the trench goat. I call trench him goat. because because of his trench warfare. Uh, That's coverage. pretty good. Thanks, man. Tren- I appreciate trench it. Trench goat is pretty good. Like he, that's okay. Okay. He like he liked it when I called him that in a tweet once, but I was, yeah, didn't get that's... The, didn't get the retweet though. Oh come on! I mean, it's it's so funny that you know people really are just like wow they have to really really like it to actually sauce that retweet out there, right? I mean, yeah, it, it's so funny the the like the difference between the two. But but anyway, sir, I think I think trench goat should have been retweet worthy. But hey, we may have to dig back into that well and. Throw it, throw it back at him one time in I the future. So. We'll see. I think Why not? so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Brandon Thorne, you know, he ultimately considers Jensen to be the best center in football. So like, and he is all about the X's and O's and the details yeah. of it all. So that's just, you know, another person supporting how important or, or how good of a football player he is. Yeah, so, and I, yeah. And I don't mean to diminish him or just he's, he's solid, but he's also like, wearing war paint and is a leader and all that he's he's more than anything he's just really good and he's yeah. and like and the durability factor like you said not missing any starts for what, five years is that what you said like that's yeah. like you know we we see how important continuity is on the offensive line year over year and uh you know that's just been a a staple for the or he's been you know a staple for the buck so just sucks man and wasn't it on like the third to last rep or like the third to last play of the practice and it, I know you don't want to play that game because obviously it can happen at any time or blah, blah, blah. But God, like that just sucks. Like it just sucks. Real shitty. And yeah. to make matter, matters worse today, I mean, you hit me up with a private text oh. about about was was Tristan Wirfs got carted off and my heart obviously stopped uh, when I saw that shortly after it was reported. He just had cramps. They just wanted to get him out of the way quickly. So, you know, thank what, God. Dude, which is funny that because, you, you know, you kind of you know, refer to Bowden and I as like um, objective non-box fans just doing the podcast, but following the buffs, following the bucks. I was like, ah, when I read the tweet, like I legitimately gasped thinking, oh God, not worse, you know? So, you know, maybe I've actually crossed into bucks fandom or at least intense bucks interest because uh, first of all, worse is awesome. Um, Like we, like we discussed, obviously one of the most important players on the entire team. And it was like, really, another one? And think, like, obviously I was a psycho and didn't actually read anything further. And then you told me it was just cramps and, you know, huge relief there, obviously. Yeah, big time. And, like, they couldn't afford a hit like that. I mean, like you you said, you could 
quite possibly be the second most important guy on the team on the offense mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. But but let's talk about, about the Bucks options uh, yeah. in, yeah. you know, to fill the void left by Jensen's likely departure for at least this season or for at least most of the season. Um, third, second year player, Robert Hainsey Bucks kind of shocked some people when they drafted Hainsey in the third round last year. And um, they drafted. he was a tackle at Notre Dame. And they they saw him as a center the whole way through. So he cross-trained at center and guard uh, all of last season, got some snaps in. And uh, the question becomes, like, is he ready? And the one, the one thing I'll say is, you know, it, you can't read too much into the commentary, but all the guys seem to have confidence in him. Mm. Um, and then Nick Leverett is another guy whose name has been mentioned, and, and he's, you know, uh, hasn't been invested in by the team the way that Hainsey was with a third overall – or, sorry, third-round draft pick – uh, but that's another guy who who does have capability and who is trained at center within this offensive scheme. So those are two of the in-house names that are worth um, considering. But I do think this is going to be Hainsey's job to lose if the Bucks don't go outside of Tampa. Um, both guys, though, so I'm telling you not to like buy into what people say and shit like that. But I totally bought into both of those guys' press conferences because I was just so fired up hearing how how they they discuss Jensen's value to them. And mm. it, I, I kind of interpreted it as them saying, you know, we love Ryan Jensen and we didn't, would never want to see him go down, but like he has prepared us for this. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm ready. They were both kind of saying, so that just kind of gave me a little jolt. I'm sure any Bucks fans watching would have felt the same way. Um, But yeah, I think like, we'll see what Hainsey's got, man. He's going to have to, the other thing that's important to take note of is like the timeliness of this, not just because uh, Jensen's recovery, whenever we find out what the exact injury is, you know, it's early. It's in training camp. So at least there is the possibility maybe he's able to return for playoffs or something. I don't know. Um, but even if even if he isn't, um, it at least gives that young player who's going to be filling in for Hainsey, um, or sorry, for Ryan Jensen, a fair bit of um, time to get himself settled. Looks like we lost Scott, which is okay. His internet just cut out. That's fine because I'm going to keep going. I wonder how long his frozen picture will stay up on the screen. I'm just going to uh, adjust some things here, folks. So. Anyone who's watching doesn't have to. There we go. Um, so, yeah, we we're just talking about Ryan Jensen being done. Robert Hainsey, the likely candidate. We'll see what this kid's got, this Notre Dame kid. And the other thing I want to say on that is Jason Light has an impeccable resume when it comes to identifying talent um, along the offensive line. He has found some gems. He rarely misses on that position. And he shocked some people, I think, when he took Hainsey in the third. So, um what that means is I have a little more realistic belief in Hainsey's ability based on Jason Light's assessment of him and this Buccaneers uh, talent, um, their talent obs- observationists and such. Sorry, just trying to work out. Scotty Capron's trying to get back in the building. The only other name I want to mention, I briefly mentioned Nick Leverett as an option, but uh, a lot of people, a lot of people on um, – you know, all around the world, all around the, the football world anyway, have been discussing the idea of J.C. Treader, formerly of the Cleveland Browns. He's graded out well for PFF. He's been a pro bowler, part of that really successful Browns offensive line over the last several seasons. He is still a free agent, so he is out there, J.C. Treader. Is that someone the Buccaneers should consider adding? Get, to get a veteran in there just in case Hainsey doesn't pan out or maybe Hainsey gets hurt. Um, I certainly... I'm a fan of more bodies at such an important position, especially because Tom Brady is due to his lack of mobility. Um, him escaping an interior pass rush is problematic, which went partially like, you know, he can't move very well. So um, that means, you know, shoring things up right in front of him is as important, if not more important than any, for any other team in the league. Right. So Jensen did so good at that. If Hainsey can, or if Hainsey gets hurt, then the Bucks could be in real trouble. So I do think a name like JC Treader, Definitely has my attention. Scheme, versatility, fit, whatever. Um, Scott, welcome back. I was just mentioning. Hey, the, uh, sorry, we got you here. No, you're yeah, good. I was just talking about um, J.C. Treader of the Cleveland Browns, a guy who's a free agent who is uh, very well respected as a center, veteran center, coming from a different offensive scheme, but nonetheless, oh. um, someone who could come in and potentially fill fill that void on a one year deal or something. I kind of mm-hmm. like the idea of the numbers right. I mean, Bucks are getting tight, though. Um, they don't have a ton of money left. But if they could work something out, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to bringing in someone like a J.C. Treader to just get a veteran in there um, and be a little bit insurance for Hainsey, or, or maybe he starts and Hainsey's his insurance. I agree. And I think 
to me, this is, I mean, this might be, this might go without saying, but this is a ton of what Brady's input would be, right? And where he would feel more comfortable, right? I mean, if Hainsey just, just balls out and they have a great rapport uh, during camp and he feels like he can handle it, uh, you know, based on what he shows in preseason, everything great. I still think having a little insurance at a, at a position as important as um, center, like the like um, Treader that you just mentioned, would be would be huge. But uh, basically, whatever Brady signs off on, as you said, one having one being the insurance for the other, whoever he feels more comfortable with. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. You can't uh, like you can't mess around at that position, right? It, it needs to be set. It needs to be locked in and uh, at least solid. Uh, once the season starts, hundred percent, totally agree. And yeah. if there is a time for this kind of injury to happen, it's now because you get yeah. a good look at Hainsey, you get a good look at how he's doing, and yes. that can help formulate your decision on how you know do we really need a guy? Is this an emergency situation? Um, what are you? Sorry, it, I, I might have missed it. What are you actually? What are you hoping for? I, I think I would be in favor. Like I'm hoping Hainsey's the man, and like like yeah. like yeah, I was yeah, saying yeah. when you were when you slid out there, like uh, Jason Light has an impeccable record at identifying a resume of identifying talent on the offensive line. He's very mm-hmm. very good at it. Like so, yeah. I you got to believe him reaching what felt like a reach to a lot of people, taking Hainsey, an offensive tackle at Notre Dame in the third round to be a center. Um, he sees something there, and um, yeah. now that he's got a year under his belt, like he's certainly in a position where it could work out. But I just like also a proven veteran at such an important for position sure. for a team with Tom Brady, right? He's not mobile. So um, that interior pressure, if he's susceptible to that, he's fucked. Like if someone gets through right up to yeah. gut, Brady ain't going nowhere. Oh. He's going down. Yeah, and that's been the classic, you know, you can you can get to Brady if you can knock him off his spot and get pressure up the middle, right? So it's, it's um, you know, extra important and uh, just a lot of emphasis. Um, like – it sounds to me like Hainsey is, is a solid player. Might be able to actually step in and be and be good right away. Hopefully, I mean, like we said, that's that's the goal here. I don't really love the next man up mentality. Like no excuses. It's like, oh well, there's a bit of an excuse. He's not as good as Ryan Jensen, so that would be the excuse, right? As being not a good a, not as good a player, right? So um, yeah. if that you know comes to fruition, then I guess we'll we'll kind of discuss it at that point. But you can already see. You know the football mentality is it doesn't matter. Get in there. He's gonna be he's he's he knows what to do. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. He's not as good. So let's <laughs> go yeah. from there. I understand both. I understand, you yeah. know, they have to yeah. they have to present that mindset. And I also understand you making fun of it. So no, <laughs> like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I understand the mentality, like no excuses, blah, blah, blah. Or you know, because you don't want to have an excuse. But then I think after the season you can kind of look back and be like, there was an excuse. We didn't have yeah. our team fully because Jensen wasn't there. But anyway, yeah. I, and I, I And I mean, Ali Marpet was a could play mm. center too, right? He played a yeah. he played center one year. Like that, that him not being there really sucks. But I mean, God, he was such a he was so good, man. So oh, good. that it's sucks. A, Bucks fans that have been sucks. spoiled, man, with great offensive yeah. line play. And again, that comes back to Jason Light doing his job uh, building mm-hmm. the trenches. Um. But anyway, uh, we're talking about the potential to sign someone like a J.C. Treader. I want to talk about someone the Bucks did sign, and I think it caught some people off guard, and that's Julio Jones. I mean, obviously Julio had a terrible year last year. His hamstrings have been fucked up for the last two years. But my God, as your wide receiver four, like sign It's unbelievable. Up. It's unbelievable. This is the best receiving group they've had now. Oh, and it keeps getting better, and – like you said, he was hurt. He was hurt. You know, I'm not saying that, that there hasn't been a, um, you know, a regression there. He's obviously not the Julio from the Super Bowl year, like year against the Patriots or anything like that. We know that. But I don't think he's as washed up or as bad as he was in Tennessee. Um, you know, they were super run heavy, obviously, and, uh, you know, had A.J. Brown as a, as a top, you know, as a top target. Um so it just wasn't a great situation. I was obviously dead wrong. I thought it would be good if he was healthy for him to be a number two on a decent offense. But then you have the inconsistency of T- Tannehill. Like we said, the the force feeding of Henry, it just wasn't good. It never looked good. He never looked right. And, you know, by all indications, he's looking looking pretty spry down in Florida. Yeah, you, me, and Bo. You, me, and Bo were all 
thinking it was a big acquisition for the Titans to get Julio. We yeah. all believed in his talent. So uh, one year later, I'm not willing to assume he's got nothing left in the tank. I think it is such yeah. a great low risk, high reward signing. Um, for sure. Because, and he's and, not and, a dick either. Oh, he's so he's perfect. Julio's never yeah. been a dick. Like, you know, he just goes anything. out. To, no, he's just a cyborg alien. Like, yeah, incredible yeah. slash ballerina. Like, I don't know how to yeah. describe him. Like, yeah, you know, those, cy yeah. cyborg yeah. ballerina. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. Super common. Um, yeah, man. I why the hell not? Uh, he's now catching passes from Tom Brady. You know, playing on a good team. Not that Tennessee wasn't solid last year. They were they were fine, but you know, playing on a true Super Bowl contender. Um, I will say, I think I'm a little bit guilty of assuming the superstar receivers have two or three years left in the tank. Uh, more than they actually end up having. It just seems to kind of fall off a cliff for a lot of them, or at least maybe not a cliff, but like a steep enough hill, you know? So um, I kind of buy into the name a little bit more than maybe I should, but I do think just for what they're actually getting here, it's it's truly just a, a no-brainer to, to add him to the squad, like and, for sure. And the important thing I want to add is, I mean, you know, him having this hamstring injury, whatever, like, is that him being overworked, overused? Like, is he maybe mm -hmm. he's just not meant to be this feature receiver at this point of his career? Maybe he's really going to flourish not playing as many snaps a game. And they yeah, can keep and, him fresh. Or just not fully healing. Like, not to play, you know, doctor because I don't know shit, but like a hamstring, like, you actually have to stop. Or yeah. you, you think it's there and it's just, it takes one. I don't know, one jolt, one whatever, and you're back to square one, and you just you feel like you haven't actually made any progress. I don't know what actually happened, but I've one of the things I've had somewhat repeating, like repeating, is a is a hamstring thing, and it sucks, and you never feel like you can run or push off, and it's just I he just didn't look comfortable, and I say that because watching a lot of Titans games, yeah, other than Henry, the guy on this team I wanted to watch was Julio to see what he was going to do because I think I made a bunch of like bold statements about it before the season started. So I was, you know, hoping to be proven right at some point clearly wasn't, and it just didn't look good. So, you know, maybe the new scene, um, that heat in Florida, who knows, maybe, maybe it'll all add up to something good for him. Yeah. Tom Brady does wonders too, for receivers that's trying true. to reinvent themselves. So that's can't, that's can't think true. of a better situation for him to reestablish himself. Him and Mike Evans it's, playing together is wicked. Godwin engaged. Like that is just stupid. Like it is. It's crazy. Actually, it's ridiculous. It's insane. Who's going to be covering him? Like seriously, the, the, yeah. you're going to have to line up like a strong safety coming up to the line. Like what are they going to do? It's going to be insane. Can you believe that the Bucks have Julio Jones? You know it's what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, when you yeah. you look at your teams, uh, like the teams you like, and it's like, oh yeah, the Raptors had this guy, or the Bucks Akeem had Olajuwon. Yeah, Akeem Olajuwon. That what one was even that, that one was even so far gone. It was kind of like, okay, okay, the yeah. dream, is, the dream is dead. The dream shake. Uh, yeah, it's it's we need to shake it off right now as they're getting beaten by the Pistons. But um, yeah, it's just funny. Like this is gonna be one of those ones. I hope he kind of plays three or four years here right like how sweet would that be be great man and like what you know when they lost Gronkowski I mean I think this is part of a contingency plan and I think that's something Jason Light's become become so good at is he's kind of like shift all right shift to plan b here and you know Julio like we're gonna we got to make up for Gronk's catches as well and yes mm. we're gonna talk about Kyle Rudolph in a second or we can kind of just merge into that conversation yeah um, but you know he's got it's not just the blocking and everything but the, the receiving is important too so Maybe they they've kind of have some ways to get creative on offense and have all four guys on the damn field together at a point. You know what I'm saying? Like Julio was also a willing blocker for a receiver, which is an underrated part of his game, and something that yeah. Bucks, Bucks love. So yeah, and like this this is who knows speculation, but I feel like he's just gonna like click with Evans and Godwin and everything that those two are about. Like, don't you think that lines up so perfectly? Like, not to be all kumbaya about it or whatever, but it seems just like such a good fit like oh him and, him they and have, Evans they have, have always... Chris Godwin's Mike Evans and Julio Jones like, yeah that's a real thing that they're yeah. gonna put out there yeah like, I know it's stupid and like obviously wild, they see it they see a ton of promise in Russell Gage man like 10 million a year yeah. like this is a guy a lot of people are high on as well and um he's looked fantastic in camp too he, apparently he's getting open all over the place like Todd Bowles said they the DBs can't cover him so you know Lots to look forward to from the aerial attack. Brady might set mm. some records this year. I, Wouldn't that be something, Tom Brady setting records? 
Wouldn't be surprised in the least, man. And I hope we see a ton of aggression on first down to set up the later downs for, for more shots down the field with all these guys. Like it just feels like bubble screens, quick outs, like they're going to be able to get six yards because who's going to be playing up on it. All these receivers with the, with the, you know, the threat of them being beat deep, right? It just get the ball in those guys' hands, give yourself easy second and third downs, or hopefully not even third downs, give yourself second and, a ton of second and twos and second and threes and Brady's going to absolutely cut you up. He's going to absolutely dismantle you. And um, if that's the case, this offense is going to score, you know, what 34 points a game or something like it's going to be very, very hard to stop. Yeah, totally, man. It'd it'd be fun to watch. That's for damn sure. Mm -hmm. The worst case, it will be fun to watch folks. That's, that's true. Yeah. A guy who's a little more vanilla than fun to watch, but certainly can do his job is Kyle Rudolph. And that's who the Buccaneers brought in. I like it too, man. Like Rudolph is a vet. He gets it. He, uh, When I wrote about Kyle Rudolph um, as an option for the Bucks earlier in the offseason or like a month or two ago, uh, should Gronkowski end up retiring, he, he I, ultimately I came to the conclusion that he is, you know, he's not a master receiver and he's not a master of pass protection or blocking, run blocking, but he's good enough at both to be a very solid NFL player. Yeah, man. He's had a good yeah. career. He's had yeah. a productive career. And, you know, you get you get a uh a, a tight end on the, you know, kind of the downside of their career time wise. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, ability, but you know, just coming to the end of his career for Rudolph. Um he's huge and he's got good hands. So right mm-hmm. away he has value in the red zone, right? As just mm-hmm. another guy to get the ball to. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And, and just you running know, those steam like Running yeah, those lazy exactly. seam routes that Brady loves and Gronk loves. Like, Rudolph do that all day. Yeah, exactly. And just a big target for him to throw those over the middle, too, like for Brady. So, and like, you know, Rudolph was never a burner. Gronk certainly wasn't a burner in his last year. So it's not like there, it's a, a speed downgrade, not that they would even care. It's just, and he's not, he's no Gronk, and he, de- he definitely doesn't obviously have the connection, the, the Brady Gronk connection, but. You know, let's see what he can do. I thought of the tight end options that were kind of being kicked around for them to pick up. I was hoping it was going to be Rudolph. And yeah, I think I lo- I know I'm just praising the butt, but I really like what they've done. Yeah, man. Like like I I keep coming back to this. Like Jason Light is just so good with these contingencies. Yeah. Shit doesn't go well. And he's just like, bam, okay, here we go. Plan B, plan C, plan but, Rudolph, the red zone reindeer. And isn't it funny? It's kind of like college with with recruiting, like winning, winning breeds, winning. Like they're just such a pro seeming franchise now, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, not they, Jameis throwing pick sixes. It's not what like you know poorly attended games at Raymond. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like a real place that people want to go play, uh, go play for and and win and compete. And I know that sounds kind of whatever but i think it matters and i think that's like a brady effect that just kind of permeates through the throughout the whole organization and light obviously as well like yeah number of factors but but you're right like brady is certainly the fulcrum of that and that's a cool episode just a transformation of the franchise i mean the organization and how it's viewed i mean it has been a true true 180 from the losingest uh team in professional sports all professional sports to a legitimate contender at least year in year out these this past coming up on half decade and um it's been really fun for fans in tampa to take in and certainly for me and us covering the team so yeah i mean like i don't think of them as that they were not that they were ever a laughing stock because like they had some solids but they were the loot yeah but they, they were were right like, they oh, were yeah. pretty they were kind of a ridiculous team Especially like, if you go back before our time, bro. Like they. Oh, like, oh yeah. I'm. I'm yeah. more talking in between the Super Bowls, basically. Um, right. Like, but oh yeah, like the creamsicle is like unbelievable. But like, Greg Schiano was the coach. Jesus Christ! Like, how the hell did that go? Um, but you know, it kind of gets swept under the rug or whatever. But it it it's all of a sudden feels so much different for them. Yeah, Lovey Smith was also a horrible head coach for us. Um, oh my! Wait, I, I re- wait. I respect if you listen. Them, but- if you listen quietly, you can hear that Lovey Smith just punted. Yeah. Uh, he just punted somewhere, wherever he is. So, yeah. yeah that's you, nice. you either got your head coach punting on third down, like Lovey <laughs> Smith, or you got him trying to trying to injure the other team's quarterback uh, as they're oh. kneeling out at the end of the game and Greg Shiano. So, tough. Uh, tough yeah. look. Oh, yeah. my God. What an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. 
In terms of free agency, mention the Rudolph signing. There's been some chatter that the Bucks need to add, add an edge rusher. Not need to, but it might be an option. So uh, Robert Quinn is a name um, wow. who could potentially be got. Like that, like that would be wild, but I don't feel the need of a guy that – like I want Tryon Choenka to get some reps this year too, and, and then we obviously have Shaq Barrett. So there's a, another name is Trey Flowers. He's a, a free agent. You know, he's in Detroit. Like he's he's been injury-plagued but certainly has a ton of talent and he's young enough. That's a guy that's more appealing to me or interesting to me there because yeah. he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to be on the field every down and uh, the Bucks D line yeah. is pretty set, but I do agree. Some depth could be added um, at the edge rusher position. So but I want, cool. so I want the snaps going to try on showing I really want right? to see him just bust out of it this year. Just, just be the best athlete on the field and it's noticeable. You know what I mean? Like, we, we obviously saw flashes and we know what he can do, but now, you know, second year, I feel like he can really take that step. And I'm just, he's just like one of those guys that's fun to watch, man. And, you know, I think it matters that they drafted him, right? I think every team has kind of a, obviously, a, you know, a pension for, for getting the guys that they actually brought in there to, to a high enough level and, and to see what they have. Obviously that goes without saying, but um, yeah, man, I just, I just really want to see a ton out of him this year. Yeah, and and he's not like he can't do that sitting on the bench or being a part of a no. rotation. So that's why or the Robert a, Quinn thing. I'm like, eh. yeah, or being a specialist, or yeah. you know what I mean. Like, get him out there, get him yeah. out there. You need to. Now, don't get me wrong. If Robert Quinn, I'd be pretty hyped about it. But I'm just saying. But how, but how good do you think Robert Quinn can still be? I think he's pretty good, man. He had a hell of a yeah. year last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he had like a monster bounce back year. Yeah, I don't want to pull it up. I just I, don't, I have no idea what it was, but he had a yeah, he had eighteen and a half sacks. Okay, well, yeah. I don't blame you for like not knowing that because I was like Robert Quinn, and then I was like, holy shit, man! He had eighteen and a half sacks. Yeah, he was second in the NFL, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, clearly, I'm pretty dialed into the Quinn wagon here. I did not realize that. That's crazy. I didn't know he was still. I didn't know he did that. Yeah, me too. Okay, so, yeah, all right. Yeah, so then, uh, you know what? Try and drink it. Time to time to get to the bench. Uh, you know, really earn those earn those snaps. Just completely uh, disregard the last two minutes. Everything I said. Holy shit. Yeah. To be fair, he had like thirty in the last seven years before that. So, um, he pretty much or like that's almost know. more encouraging. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Yeah. I guess it depends how you look at it. Depends how you look at it, but but. I don't I think mean, they're getting Robert Quinn. I don't think they're trading for him. Um, no, but you're right. Like, yeah, you want, you need depth. And if you can afford it, then go and get it. Whoever you can get that's that you think can help the team. Um, I mean, yeah, that would, that would clearly be a, be a home run. Anyone else? So other, uh, you mentioned Trey Flowers. That Trey would Flowers be nice, is like that a would trade be a nice candidate. Get. Yeah. The, like that one would make sense, right? Cause he's like injury plagues. So he just like keep him fresh and then, yeah. you know, help. And if for injury sake, if some, if one of the Bucks guys goes down, then you want someone, but uh, I'm hoping for a lot from those two starting bookend rushers for the yeah. Bucks. So we'll see what happens there. I certainly wouldn't call it a need, especially with what just happened along the offensive line. I think. Yeah. 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 You can only, so we'll do, you can only do so much. It's so wild that you just have to prepare for season ending injuries Right, oh like God, they're inevitable. They they will happen. You just hope so, they're not absolutely massive. Yeah. So much so much luck involved in terms oh, of like football. Crazy. Like like to to have a successful season, you got to get lucky as, as hell. Yeah. Um, shout out our boy Josh Quapo from Pewter Report. Hey. Um, Josh put out a bunch of great work this past week, but I made sure to boost his article breaking down the Julio contract. So, um, don't be don't be thinking it's going to a- be for. Sh- Sure, six six mil a year. Josh Josh laid the law on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check yeah, out his work. Read. Good to have you in the building, Josh. Hit us up if there's anything you uh, you want to talk about. I should have hollered at you to come on the show tonight. Damn it! Oh yeah, um, that would have been great actually. Yeah, oh. uh, I do want to touch on some of the things that have been d- discussed uh, regarding training camp or that need to be discussed more so. Um, Chris Godwin's injury timeline. I mean, I think anyone who has mm-hmm. followed Godwin's cr- career or trajectory as a player isn't shocked that he's been fully cleared to resume activities. I mean, crazy quick turnaround for a significant knee injury. He's just an animal and I'm hoping the Bucks will be very patient with him still. And they certainly, as we've discussed ad nauseum already have the, have the depth at the position that they don't need to rush him back, but encouraging nonetheless. Yeah. What was it? What was the timeline again? 
I mean, well, he got hurt in the second last regular season game of the year versus right, the right, right, right. So what's that around Christmas? Um, yeah, right around Christmas. Yeah, right. But I thought I saw so, someone hoping for like a game, uh, like a week six comeback for him, but they're not going to push it. But I mean, it's hard to tell even now, right? It's still, exactly. Still, yeah, it's still enough timeout. So exactly, and the Bucks have been very quiet about it, which is a better way to do it. They're not really putting public timelines on that, so. I kind of like yeah. that. It's just encouraging nonetheless to know that he's gotten his body to a point where he is cleared. So that's fantastic. Um, and then a couple names, guys who are, who are standing out at training camp that I'm hearing from the guys that we got there from Bucks game day and, and all of the other people who cover Bucks training camp. Uh, a couple names, Russell Gage apparently has looked really sharp. I already alluded to the fact that, oh, there's Josh giving us our details late December. Sounds like Christmas to me, Josh. Yeah. Can you give me that yes. one? <laughs> He's just confirming. I'm just playing. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But so Russell Gage, we already talked about it. He's turning heads. Bulls is saying they can't cover him. That's nice to see. I mean, yeah. you got to take everything with a grain of salt when they're not in pads. But if you're talking about skill position guys, you know, in one-on-ones and shell drills, I mean, that's the one area where even without pads, you can still see a lot or gain a lot of useful um, stuff. So um, Josh asked, thoughts on the secondary uh, Josh Quapo of Pewter Report. Thoughts on the secondary? Secondary, lots of guys moving to different spots. Glad you brought that up. I mean, that's huge. Um, yeah, and but I think I think it's an asset. I think they're what they're doing is they're toying around trying to get everyone as familiar as they can with each of the positions. Between Neil, between Logan Ryan, they've had Antoine Winfield Jr. playing the the nickel for like all last week. So uh, I think it's really just trying to develop a familiarity with the with the roles of each position for all those guys. Maybe having them work at ones. They want to see them improve at. And I think the actual like steadier uh, roles for each of those guys will become determined before the season kicks off and and maybe a little more of a concrete role uh, for each of them. But I, I think it's almost like a fiddling around of sorts. I don't know. Who do you, do you think? Yeah. Who, well, who do you think is the most important guy in the secondary this year? Great question. Great question. Um I mean, in the secondary, are you just talking safeties yeah. or safeties and corners? No, safeties and corners. The whole, the whole thing. Like, who do you think? Who do you think I, is going to be the biggest barometer for for how that defense performs? Yeah, I, I think, I think Jamel Dean is kind of this the X factor. Like, okay. Yeah. Because if he takes the step that I believe he can, and he can stay on the field, then all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, opposite Carlton Davis, you're looking at a position that's been not bad for the bucks to mm-hmm. becoming a real weapon for the team yeah um, and it's a contract year for jamel dean and that's a guy who who i've had an affinity for for quite some time and he's a pff darling and all that stuff yeah. but uh he's a guy i'd love to see and then this big year for mike edwards too yeah so it's very much a unit love- though scott the question yeah, like, that's what i, I mean i like all the guys i like all the guys individually i just need to i just really want them to gel and like to get like josh is saying looking forward to lots of pre and post snap rotations like That'll be fascinating to watch, and I think obviously the the guys who obviously acclimate to it, um, you know, the best are going to be the ones who are getting more playing time, right? And then we'll we'll see how it uh, how it grows as the as the season goes on. But the guys individually are talented, right? Like how like we like them, we like yeah. them back there. Yeah, and it's a great mix of veteran and youth as well. Yeah, right. Which I also like, like bringing in Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan to this group makes a ton of sense because. You know, mm-hmm. Mike Edwards, rookie deal. Carlton Davis just finished his rookie deal in re-up. Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, those are young cats. So you want to have that mixture there, which I think I think is important. Um, and like Josh is saying, yeah, Todd Bowles is, is all about deception, and he loves, like, inverting looks and, like, trying to disguise things. So, uh, yeah. again, the veterans help with that. And, and what Josh is alluding to is them moving all these guys around now to different spots allows that to happen. Um, and mm-hmm. communication, again, a huge trait of the veterans, as Josh points out. Josh has done yeah. a lot of work on these safeties, watching the tape for the new guys especially. So keep it coming, Josh. We always appreciate your yeah, input. Man. Hell, if you want to hop on right now, bro, I'll send you the, <laughs> the link. I don't know. <laughs> but the community, it's so, it is so true. It gets like to, to be – like we know playing defense in anything, in any sport, with any sort of rotation, it's all about communication and trust and knowing where you're supposed to be and knowing where everyone's supposed to be on the field, right? So – that's a that's a cool little, I don't want to say subplot, but you know, not I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm paying attention to exactly what the secondary for the Bucks is doing most weeks. But that'll be something I'll actually be like legitimately pretty interested to watch because, like I said, we I like these guys, I like these I like these individuals. I want to, you know, 
want to see this uh want to see the secondary flourish here really help really help the Bucks' chances of actually uh, getting back to that Super Bowl. And like we how many times we see teams get ravaged by injury to a key guy in the secondary and uh unfortunately, you know, that can really cause an issue for a team, right? With the Bucks now yeah. you got all these guys who can play all these different spots. It's just great injury insurance as well, which after what happened last year to Tampa, I think again Jason Light's contingencies coming into play here. He's making sure he's got a, a bunch of guys who he can throw into different spots on the back end yeah um, and, and, and we, we don't want to forget about week. we don't want forget about mike edwards that's the one name i just want to yeah. bring up too because but we also and we see it every week like when some poor bastard gets like the second stringer gets put in there to have to play against a real offense it's like it's just so noticeable that they that they're not ready or physically able to do it right it's it's such a terrible position not to be prepared like not to be readily prepared it's just yeah, awful so and i'm thinking mentally even as much yeah. too you're right like physically and mentally dude there's so much you gotta yeah. like process and compute coming in there and um so yeah it's good to have all the guys on the same page mm-hmm. uh, rashad rashad white um you know the arizona state sun devil um he's apparently looked quite well quite good so far i mean the receiving skills are something that anyone who followed him in college is well aware of um and was expecting but like i from from the guys we got down there at training camp they were impressed like with his size like he looks like a three down running back so that's always cool mm. um josh is asking us about the hainsey debate yeah we covered this one off the top josh because we haven't been on in a couple of weeks so this was our first time talking about even the jensen injury on the air um and we discussed you know Jason Light, just to summarize once more, but Jason Light's affinity and ability to draft quality offensive linemen, his belief in Hainsey reaching above where most saw him being drafted as a third rounder and them seeing him as a center, him getting that year under his belt. We think he he certainly could be ready to take this this leap this year. And I know Tom Brady's had a history of um, winning Super Bowl championships with rookies or second-year guys under center who were unproven at the time. So um, that said... The J.C. Treader idea, depending on the numbers, I'm not going to pretend that that veteran presence wouldn't uh, excite me a little bit and provide a little bit yeah. of insurance. Because if Hainsey goes down or Hainsey can't do it, there are concerns there as well. So that's kind of where we settled on that. Um, but uh, sorry, one more guy. Is, or sorry, we already talked about Winfield. But yeah, Rashad White looks great. I'm curious to see how the running back room will shake out. A lot of people mm. are, are assuming he is going to occupy the bulk of the RB2 carries we'll see. So, and did you did you see how the running back room will milkshake out with Fournette? Oh or yes, just, okay. Sh- oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, well, sorry. Didn't you hear? Poor Scotty? guy. He's down to two. Pardon? Bro, he's down to two. I know. He can probably <laughs> shed it in. Obviously, like we said, we haven't been on for a bit, and that uh, whatever the weight that uh, Fournette signed or came into camp was uh, was a bit of a story there. I'm. I, these guys, honestly. Like when it, they just decide, they just like look in the mirror hard enough, and then like they they gain ten pounds of muscle, right? So these NFL players are insane. But don't don't forget either. I'm saying he was down to two forty. No, like no, that's... I know. But two forty for him seems like yeah, relatively playable. I yeah, I mean, true. I well, I'm, what would he probably wanted to get down to like two twenty or two twenty five? I would imagine, but that'd be nice. Uh, I think he's he's two thirty six. I think was like his playing weight or like two thirty somewhere. Um, it's just like what is what do Fournette's these guys do different. though? Fournette's built different, no doubt. And yeah, for he, sure. He's, he's blaming his family genetics today. Uh, I believe it was today he made a comment. Um, I'm not down there at training camp, so I can't speak to it. I it all jumbles together what day's what, but uh we'll see yeah. what Lenny brings come the season. All I'm gonna say is seems like Rashad White's putting some pressure on him. Okay, there we go. Quapo 240 at the combine. So there you go. Okay, so he is down Look. to his book. There you look damn good as a down to his LS, LSU weight. Yeah, it, I just don't like. Not that I'm a fucking like a fucking beacon of uh, of health or anything. It just really like. What do you think? They're not going to weigh you when you get there. Like, it just seems wild to me. I don't understand it, but whatever. I yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd Bowles didn't seem as concerned as some others, uh, but I no, didn't like that he was it? overweight. But anyway. It's it's not a great God damn, look, every, but... every time Josh on Josh is around, we're talking about Lenny's weight. You must think we I know, I know. We're like body shaming over here. It's so yeah. bad. But yeah, yeah. You, you don't want me to take my shirt off. I can't body shame <laughs> shit. And you don't want yeah. Scott to take his mustache off. No, actually, I mean I can. This is actually glued on. So um exactly. yeah. Now oh, another name, another name who's looked good. Uh Jalen Darden. 
Uh, Jalen Darden, former draft pick out of North Texas, used a fourth, I believe, on him last year. They moved up to to trade up into the fourth to draft Jalen Darden. Illustrious career in college. I think he was the second mm-hmm. most prolific, statistically anyway, prolific receiver in college football behind uh, Devontae. Um, and anyway, it was a brutal rookie year for Darden, right, who, who came in. They got rid of, of Jaden Mickens in order to pave the way for Darden to take over the returner duties. Uh, and he fell on it a little bit flat on his face. I mean, um, and he had didn't a look the part. Year. Didn't look the Hell part no. when he went. No, no, looked like a looked like a a junior high school kid dressing up as a football player for Halloween at the dance. And like, yeah, but yeah. he wore cleats. But he wore cleats onto the dance floor, so he's slipping all over the place. <laughs> that that's what it looked like that's watching him return <laughs> kick. Um, but anyway, like. At least physically, Darden has has been turning some heads, man. He's been going up and grabbing the ball through traffic again, though. Mostly, I'm I'm referring to last week when the pads weren't on yet, and for a guy as small and frail and and uh, sometimes timid on the field, I mean, we'll see what Darden can bring, what kind of juice he can show in the return game, and even as a receiver, because uh, if he wants to make the team, he's gonna have to have to show that he's taken some real strides. As as our our guy Quapo Josh says. Uh, Darden needs to pick up on the mental side in camp. I don't know if, mm. if Josh is reflecting to like he's hearing um, from his guys there or if that uh, Darden's kind of messing up a lot of plays and getting called out or if that's just his observation. But I'm going to – Josh is pretty plugged in. So that likely is an observation they've made directly from camp. So hopefully he's been studying the damn playbook and not doing so many uh, Instagram lives of him sitting in his car in the dark uh, lip, lip reading. He's got – yeah, he's he's got – what they can, uh, what they can really use, right? And just that elusiveness, that like that true speed, uh, like a game breaker in with returns or a catch and a swing pass, things like that. You just, it's a dimension that they could use, right? Because as great as their you know receiving core is, it's not the burners necessarily. Not to take away from, uh, like Scooter. those guys are all fast, obviously. Yeah, but like I would really be interested to see if he can take a step after being in the league, being on the team for a year and just kind of getting adjusted to NFL pace and, and all that. Cause like you said, you saw the numbers in college, but it, you know, obviously it was at a smaller school at North Texas, but you know, it also wasn't at like, you know, South Dakota, Southwestern state, right? Like North Texas plays some real teams and, um, and all that. But um, yeah, I, he just seems fun. Seems like the best version of him would be really fun. That's why I yeah. want, that's why I want to see it work out for him. Yeah, well said. That's exactly yeah. it. And it'd be fun to have a guy like that on your team. Um mm-hmm. to be able to do it. Scotty, uh not Scotty Capron, not this mm. scooter. We're talking scooter Miller. Uh this is great. I feel I feel like we're getting a running training camp diary from from Josh right now. So I'm going to use yeah, it. It's awesome. guide in our conversation. No Scotty balled out today, man. I saw some clips. I saw a beautiful deep ball from Brady to to Scotty Miller. Um, really curious. I mean, it's going to be hard, right? We're here. It's funny, right? I'm hearing Darden look good. Hearing Scotty's looking good, at least today from Josh. Um, Tyler Johnson, um, like all these guys at the bottom, like who's going to get cut? Who's going to be out? Someone they, is. Got, they got too many guys. How many are they going to keep yeah. 10 receivers? So really excited to see how that shakes out. A little nervous even. Yeah. Um, and like, I take a little yeah. offense to you saying I didn't ball out today considering you know, change multiple diapers. My son's rolling all over the place. It's kind of, it's a real athletic feat now just to do it right now. You know, you got the hand in the chest. You got to do it. You got to do the diaper with, with the other hand. It's, it's some coordination. I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not much, but it's a win. Fair. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's And you're trimming the mustache, right? We, you yeah. Must oh yeah. That thing. Big day. Yeah. Big day. Dad, dad life. Hashtag dad life oh. says J- oh. JQ. I think we're all on board with that one. I had Good quite Lord. the weekend. Um, yeah. My my <laughs> four year old my four year old daughter boarded a plane on her own when we were waiting in the airport um, from Calgary last night. I'm not even joking. So we were running around frantically around the airport. I was screaming her name, like it was awful. It was a huge scene. We thought mm. our child was either abducted or lost, um, and that was going on for a good five to seven minutes. I I went to the woman at the microphone. I go, "We got a missing child. Need to locate her. Four years old, blonde girl named Avery," and. Uh, they found she was on the plane. She had boarded the oh, plane herself God. before we were boarding the plane. So anyway, uh, crisis averted. Yeah, crisis averted. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gross. 
maybe it's something Sean McVay would have done, right? He was early. He was ahead of his time. Pioneer for a young guy. Um, Okay. So last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is Tom Brady, Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross. Obviously, the the Dolphins getting burned for tampering. um, And they directly discuss the team tampering with Tom Brady. Uh, owner Stephen Ross. I mean, that has been talked about so much. Is it speculation? Is it real? Is it not? Um, And here we go. Like, I mean, they have clearly found indisputable evidence that the Miami Dolphins made contact with Brady going back to when he was a Patriot talking about ownership uh, opportunities. So obviously that was happening last year. And actually Brady's been taking a fair bit of heat uh, from Bucks fans. Some people are kind of like, you know, they contacted him, whatever. Some are like, why would he do that? He's committed to the, to the Bucks. I tend to side with like, doesn't mean he was going to like, he was like cheating on the franchise. Like he's just, what's the difference between him discussing an ownership stake with an NFL franchise or an owner for post playing career um, as him talking, spending a lot of his off time during the season, talking about Brady brand and how he's going to, Oh shit. Look who's in the building. We got our guy, Josh. <laughs> hey, what's going on guys? How are fix- you, man? So I got to fix this. There we go. Good. How about you? Hey, no, sorry about the lighting i'm in the car happy to no have worries. you on john thanks for popping on that's awesome um, man. you started talking about not a problem so i just pulled into the driveway oh, i was yeah. like hey let me jump in i know you guys were kind of finished oh up, awesome when you started bringing up the tampering stuff so many people have said so much stuff i was like all right i'm gonna jump in <laughs> yeah um, this just... is perfect yes what are you hearing yeah, so, I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, obviously, you know, Ross and, and the Dolphins got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. But the thing that I saw so much on Twitter was so many people were um, curious as to why Brady didn't get punished. Uh, and the biggest thing is from the player side, there is no punishment for tampering. They can't tamper with teams. So it's the NFL strictly holds the teams accountable for that. Um, and and they're, they lay, kind of lay out the violations in, in their own rule book. Um, but there are no ways to punish a player if a team reaches out to them. Um, and from my standpoint, just based on kind of reading the findings is, you know, if you're Brady and you're his representation and the Dolphins reach out to you and they say, hey, we, we, we'd be interested in you coming in as minority owner when kind of when your playing days are over. And it was kind of obvious in hindsight that Brady was thinking about hanging it up after last year. OK, yeah, we'll entertain that conversation because from his side, there's no. Um, there's no downside. He can't yeah. get in trouble for it. So he entertains the conversations. The Dolphins bring up playing. Don't know how he reacted to that. That that hasn't come out. It could mm. have been they brought it up and he's just like, nah, I'm good. I just want to talk about the ownership. Um, and then eventually he decided, you know, I, I still got some playing, you know, days ahead of me. And he's still under contract with the Bucks, and, and that was that. So, But all these people talking about it's Brady and that's why he didn't get punished. No, it's it's strictly no. no player who's ever been involved in a tampering situation has ever received punishment because there's no punishment to receive. Yeah, like that that was seemed pretty black and white from what I was reading on Twitter. Like there's no there's no there's no gray area. There's no oh what if this and certainly not just because of Brady's status or esteem that he's getting like that he's getting special treatment or anything. It was just yeah, this is uh, totally you know strictly on the team in this in this case, right? So. Yeah, you know. and, and, I, and I, I've seen people talking about how he betrayed the team, he betrayed his teammates, he's going to lose the locker room. That, to me, is just outlandish. No way. Yeah, a lot of, a lot, that's a lot of fan speak, right? Some of the, yeah. the, the old school loyalists, like that's not the, like what we were, what was it earlier, Scott? You were making fun of a football uh, next man up philosophy. Oh, like, nice. Respectfully yeah. making fun of it, but it's like people yeah. would be all about that. Um, that's yeah. people in August – who are tired of or not wanting to work, you know what I mean? And they're just on their phones all day. And it's like, all right, let's fire off a couple of tweets about this. Right. Yeah. Like, come on. That, that, there's, there's, he's going to lose the locker room because of that. Like, no way. Any normal person would just understand that. And he certainly but, uh, he didn't even do I anything. Have a good night. Oh, okay. You heading out, Josh? There we go. Okay. I think Josh. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Okay. Now I got to move this back around, but that's all right. Uh, we had a question come in here. Scotty, can you see it? Uh, yeah, it's from uh, Dog's Best Friend. Read it for us, Scotty. Yeah, so the last receiver spot, Miller, Darden, or Thompson? 
So it's going to depend how many receivers the team takes first off, right? But if if let's just say for uh, the sake of Dog's best friend who's watching us on YouTube, shout out Dog's best friend. Um, I mean, let's just say that they only had one spot left and, and it was between those three. You've like, is it good? I, like, Thompson, I think, is too unproven. So I think it's between Miller or Darden, personally. Mm-hmm. My, my only thing, so with with Miller, I couldn't believe how little time he saw on the field last year, Scotty Miller. Like, I really expected him to, um, based off coming off his, his 2020 season, like making some yeah, real yeah. big plays and big spots. Not- not to be too obvious, but it was super noticeable. Yeah, you know, like just just casually watch, like wow, like yeah, he hasn't. You is is he hurt? Is he is he dressed? Like that's what it felt a couple times watching their games. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like both guys are having a good camp. I mean, um, but I would say it's kind of to be determined. Like I would say, I I think we still got to see what once the pads are on. How much has Darden improved? Like they just have had pads on for two days now, so I think I think it's to be determined. Um, if but I had what to if he's what if he's asking who would you prefer? Who would I prefer personally? Yeah, who would you just prefer? I, I, I would prefer Scotty Miller because we're win now, okay. I think. And um, but actually like kick return. I would go Miller. Darden and I would go Darden from an upside standpoint, but I wouldn't argue the Miller thing because we've seen it. And like we said, last year obviously someone was up, but we know we know that he can do it. So yeah. And then like, you know, the, but the return element actually is what's so crucial with Darden, right? He can return kicks as well. So I'm kind of, I was totally. kind of viewing it as a receiver, but if you consider that, I mean, that, that certainly does make a lot more sense. So mm-hmm. um, you could go either way. You may have even just converted me there as I thought about it with mm-hmm. the, the return game. But I do think like, you know, Josh alluded to him making some mental mistakes um, at camp. It sounds like Scott scooters balling out. I mean, it, it'll be good. Tyler Johnson, like, how's he looking? Apparently good. Like, so they got, they're going to have some tough decisions at the bottom of that receiver core um, in terms of who's going to make the roster. But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Scotty, I don't know if you have anything else you want to hit on, but I think we've more or less uh, overstayed our welcome here. So we covered a bunch of training camp topics. We discussed the Ryan Jensen issue or injury issue. Uh, guys who are popping off the screen, Kyle Rudolph, a whole, whole whack of things. And we're going to be back next week. Uh, with plenty more of observations from training camp. And hopefully we'll have a guest who's been at training camp, uh, someone from Bucks game day, which, which reminds me, make sure you check out um, all my written work at bucksgameday.com. It's the uh, only sports illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you watched us tonight and you enjoyed the show, please, please, please do us a solid like, and subscribe on YouTube helps us out. Um, and yeah, we'd love to interact with any of our viewers. So we got some really good interaction tonight, which was fantastic. And that really makes the show the best, most fun to do the show, most fun to listen to. So um, till next time, catch you on the flip side. Peace.